and slumbers kiss your eyes smiles await you when you rise sleep little rosemary do not cry for i will sing Amanda gazed down at her daughter at her breast, and as she had a thousand times in the last four months, kissed the downy softness of her head, caressed the smooth cheek, and wondered at her perfection. She stroked the chestnut-red curls that must have come from Andrew's side of the family, for they certainly did not come from hers. They'll probably call you Carrot Top at school, she murmured, no more original than her own nickname of Blondie, or Curly for Andrew. She put the sleepy child to her shoulder and gently patted her back until the small, satisfied burp brought a smile to the young mother's face. Now she placed her carefully into the brand new, but delightfully old-fashioned crib. The nursery was glowing a soft pink in the morning sunshine, so she pulled the shade to dim the room. Baby Rose did not stir, not even when the invasive sharp metallic ring of the telephone could be heard from the kitchen. Still in the dreamy contentment of new motherhood, Amanda ran lightly down the stairs to answer it, thinking it was probably Andrew. He had promised to come home a little earlier so that she could shop for the weekend. It would be the first time Andrew's parents had seen their four-month-old granddaughter. They were flying over from Perth especially. She hoped he wasn't calling in to say he would be late. She was breathless as she picked up the receiver. Hello? The hospital registrar introduced herself, then spoke slowly, carefully. I need to speak with you urgently, Mrs. Saunders. I've contacted your husband, and he's on his way home. He should be with you very soon. I told him I'll be with you both in an hour. Why? What? What's wrong? Amanda stammered, her heart pounding and her head spinning. Slowly, carefully, quietly, but firmly. The registrar went on to outline the problem. Not specifically. She wanted to do that when face to face. But there was a dilemma. Only it didn't make sense. And, and only fragments of words came through, gradually settling into some form of cohesion. Like a kaleidoscope. Then a repeat. Different words, but the same meaning. No. No. No, no. Amanda shook her head. At the end of the line, the voice was sympathetic, but unshakable. Amanda, did you hear me? I'll be there soon, so that we can explain the procedure a little better. Amanda put the telephone down, slowly. Her knees trembled, and she felt nauseous. She knew she was in a state of shock, and vaguely thought she should put her head down between her knees, but instead found she was just sitting, staring into space with every fibre of her being wishing she could wipe out the last few minutes completely. No, 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 no. This time it was a silent scream in a silent world, a vacuum world where nothing was real, nothing was happening. Suddenly, she felt she had to go upstairs and see her daughter, see Rose, see the baby. She ran up the stairs, not caring if she made a noise, not caring if she woke, not caring if she woke the baby her baby 
Rose was still sleeping peacefully, her thumb hovering near her mouth, her chestnut red curls a halo around her pretty face. Amanda stood and looked at her, feeling the tears form, and letting them slip down her cheek, choking on the screams that still threatened to come. She had no idea how long she stood there, probably only a few minutes. Then she heard the drone of the car, and a moment later, the door opened, and Andrew's anxious voice come up from the front door. Mandy? 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 He raced up the stairs and met up with her in the hall, and she was in his arms as he held her and comforted her. He finally broke away, saying, Has the hospital called? She nodded, then replied with a voice that was low and shaky. Yes, a, a few minutes ago. So they told you, he faltered. It's dreadful, I know, but... There was another brief pause before he continued. The registrar wants to come and talk to us. She suggested we activate things as soon as possible. They say it's better that way. So it has happened before. They have had plenty of experience, have they? That's interesting. Amanda's voice was cold, cutting, impersonal, as she pulled away and left the room. Darling, we don't want to do anything... Stupid? Is that what you were going to say? You were going to warn me not to do anything stupid. She had turned on him, angry, defiant and rebellious. Not exactly. I, I, I don't know what I was going to say. I'm just as shocked as you are, just as upset. But I think it best to do as the hospital suggests because, yes, they have had experience of it happening before and therefore know how to arrange things so that it's less painful. He followed her out of the room and down the stairs into the kitchen. She knew he was hurting, but so was she, and wanted to transfer their pain through anger to someone else. She just didn't know how to do it. Thoughts roamed free in her mind, ideas flitted in and out, rapidly discarded, then reformed again. Her mind was in a whirl, but now, but now, her body was numb. Surely, surely they could do something, anything. Pick up Rose and jump into the car, drive out of town, hide somewhere. But where? They would need money, food, clothes. That meant doing practical things like shopping and, and, and withdrawing money. Clothes. Her mind dulled and began to move along sensible lines. Of course, she should pack a few things. Or, or would it be best to get a complete new wardrobe? Her mind began to spin again as she thought of what was ahead of her. I, I don't know if I can start again, she faltered. Of course you can. We can. It will just take time. They stood for many minutes, once again with arms around each other, trying to draw out the hurt from the other. After a while, Andrew pulled apart. I think I can hear a car outside. He went to the door, and Amanda heard the small, inconsequential chatter of greeting before a tall, middle-aged woman came into the room. Right now. Oh, Amanda yes, knew her slightly as a woman yes, who smiled I, a lot, mm. but she was not smiling now. I can't tell you how sorry I am that this has happened, she said, as she clasped Amanda's hand before sitting in the chair Andrew had offered. Andrew looked at the woman intently. I suppose there is no chance whatsoever that there has been a mistake. Again, Amanda added in dry sarcasm. The registrar gave a tight smile. I have to admit it's most unlikely, but until we take DNA samples of Rose and perhaps you 
We can't know for absolute certain. She looked at them both, then continued in the explanation she knew they both deserved. We don't know how it happened, and of course there will be a full inquiry, but we know how the mistake was discovered. She waited a moment and cleared her throat. The Hallorans came in to inoculate their baby, Mary, against whooping cough, etc. Naturally, a blood test was taken, and, well, everything proved that, well, it proved that the child was not theirs. We checked back through the records and found your baby had been born within minutes of the Hallorans, and the blood types matched. And what happens if it is proven that Rose is the Halloran's baby? Amanda's voice was small. Then, of course, we have to also ensure that the tests prove that Mary is yours, the registrar answered gently but firmly. So we just swap and come home as if nothing has happened, Amanda said with limpid cynicism. You'll be given counselling, of course. And what do we call our new daughter? Amanda knew she was being provocative, but also very practical. Do I come home with another baby, Rose, or do I have to accept Mary as my daughter's name? That's entirely up to you, of course, the registrar said positively. After all, neither babies are old enough to know their names. Or their mothers, Amanda continued relentlessly. Her voice was tight with control. The shame is that we, and the Hallorans, not only know the difference, but will always know the difference. She broke down into sobs again. I just, I, I just don't think I can give her up and, and then start again. I, I can't. I, I just can't. Well, the registrar spoke carefully. Of course, if the Hallorans feel the same way, you can both file for adoption. Knowing someone else has my baby? Amanda screamed in direct contrast. But, of course, if the Hallorans want to continue with the transfer, the registrar continued with painstaking care, you would have to comply. She got up and made her way to the door. I'll leave you both alone now. Andrew stood up and escorted her into the hall, opening the front door and stepping outside with her. She looked at him, already detached from the previous anguish. Could you call me at the hospital in about an hour, and we can all arrange a mutual time to meet? He nodded. I'm sorry if Amanda seems rude. She's not normally like that. It's just a shock. Of course. The registrar turned to go. He bounded a step towards her and put his arm on her sleeve. He said quietly, Could you just tell me? He faltered and added, almost apologetically, Could you tell me, has either of the Hallorans got red hair? The registrar looked puzzled at first, then comprehension dawned. Yes, both Mr. and Mrs. Halloran have typical Irish colouring, russet red hair and freckled skin. Andrew gave a slight nod. Thank you. An embarrassed tight smile came onto his face as he looked back into the house at his distraught pretty wife, her blonde hair so typical of her family's features, shimmering in the morning sun as she stared vacantly into space. Well, at least that's one thing I no longer need to worry and wonder about. Then he went back into the house to garner his own grief, comfort Amanda and make plans to bring home 
his new daughter. You have been listening to Rosemary from the Makes You Think series, written and read by Brianda Cross. If you have enjoyed this story, please visit fastfictionpodcast.com to see about some of our other stories available to intrigue, inform, or entertain you. Thank you. Thank you.